Hello and welcome to Front Office Features. My name is Rob Crane and I am here with Chris Valente. Chris, hello. Hello, Rob. What's up? We have. Uh, I, I, I saw you on Saturday. Yes, and you are officially a free man. I am a free man. I have. Uh, so my last day. Uh, with the Worcester Red Sox in a full-time capacity was uh, Saturday. Uh, it should have been Sunday, but there's little uh, tropical storm hurricane thing. Henri, is that how you pronounce it? Henri. Henri. He, he was very French. Very French. Henri. Yes, so we were supposed to go to Sunday's game, and we made a quick pivot to Saturday's game to bid you adieu uh, at the Wu Sox oh, game. Oh, look at us being French. Yeah, bid you adieu. Uh, so the 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 kind of a lot of ir- ironies there. It was against the the Scranton Wilkesbury Club, yeah. which is where you left from to come here to close that chapter out. The only thing that would have made it more apropos is if it was a team from Battle Creek, because that would have been <laughs> much more synergistic. Uh, I got to meet the whole entire Crane clan: mom, dad. Yeah, you got so you, mom, dad. This, my sisters weren't there, but uh, you got mom. Your and sisters, dad. but you but you know what's funny is um so you're it was. My wife and my kids were in there early on and with one of the Woosox employees and you were off still working to the very end, right? To the very to bitter the very end. end. To the bitter you, end. You were down you were down on the field doing the pregame stuff and I'm like, Where's Rob? And your dad and I know I I never met your dad before and introduced himself. He goes, Hi, I'm Rob Crane. I was like, Wait, what? <laughs> I, was like, I was like, Wait, who? See, was senior, like, senior. I was like, this, was there. I was like, oh, Rob, I know I haven't seen you in a little while, but you have aged considerably <laughs> <laughs> and it got way, sh- and you've gotten shorter too since the last time I've seen you. Um, but yeah, no, it was. It was epic for many reasons. The game was like the fastest game in the history of baseball. Yeah, it was like two hours and 25 minutes or something. The the Woo Sox had a no-hitter into like the eighth inning. That's right. Um, and Connor Siebold, one of the guys that, uh, what, the Red Sox traded for, was that in the Mookie trade? Is either the, I should have no. either Mookie or Ben Attendee. One of the two, yeah. And um, our kids had a blast. And I got to meet Zach. You did. and That was the best. He literally was on cloud nine that night he's like dad do you know rob has a blue monster like you have a green monster i'm like yeah buddy <laughs> rob doesn't have a blue monster anymore but he did have a blue anymore. monster I, yeah. you know it's talking about kids i i'm pretty sure mine are ruined be, from the early ages and you probably are too i don't know what you're gonna do about this like we're going to the game we're driving he's like are we in a suite i'm like are you kidding me right now <laughs> <laughs> there's we've spoiled our children I'm like, I didn't, that's sit in okay. a suite. I didn't sit in a suite until I was working in sports, little when I was five years old, running around eating chicken fingers and pizza. My, he crushed some pizza, by the way. He must have had 100 pieces of pizza. It was uh, crushed. Wonder pizza. Bar Pizza is fantastic. Great uh, partner of the Worcester Red Sox and one of the ones that, one of the deals I did. And uh, it was great. They, they, do, they do a great job, and I'm so glad. They, Meatballs uh, were on point. Little sausage, cannolis, good spread, great spread. Great spread. They actually said it may have been the best spread of the year. Uh, I can't argue with it. Nothing but the Uh, best for the man, the man, the myth, the legend. I was was going out hot. Um, So I will say this. So over the last week, um, you know, it's been kind of going through and you're figuring stuff out. and Figuring stuff out is like, you know, how you're kind of transitioning. And I had, I I tried, I think I did pretty good is uh, I met with everybody who was kind of under the revenue umbrella one-on-one um, for the most part. Um, 
and those were great. Uh, and that felt uh, it was it was nice to do, and you kind of heard what they, uh, you know, kind of where they wanted to do and how you wanted to help. And some were better than others, but um, that was that was that was enjoyable to do. And that's basically how I spent uh, how I spent my week. And you know, you're going to the games, and um, I tried. I think I talked about this last time. Is you know, I took my buddies and my sister out, and I think we talked about this last week. And I was. Uh, you know, being able to take care of them, which was which was fun. And then, you know, we recorded that Monday, so Tuesday, and it was like, so I did all of those kind of one-on-ones. And then Friday happened, unexpectedly. Friday, last fireworks game. And it was the most, had to be, the most fulfilling game of my life. And um, why was that? There's a uh, a guy. His name is Johnny, and I posted this on uh, my personal uh, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, is a guy named Johnny. Johnny has a disability, and Johnny's in a wheelchair. And um, Johnny was our greeter in Scranton. Okay, he'd sit at the front grate and he'd gate and welcome everybody, and he would be the greeter. Johnny and his family drove six hours from Scranton to Worcester, Mass, to say goodbye. It's unbelievable. And, um, we got him seats, and we took care of him, and, um, you know, it was unbelievable. They came all the way up there. It was him, his grandmother, was always the one that took him to games. His grandmother took him to games. His grandmother is uh, in, like, her mid-'80s. Um, and she drove up? She drove up with uh, Johnny's parents. And for them to come up there, you know, after remember, I was only in Scranton for like two seasons, right? The, right. The, yep. Like oh, two and a half with when you count the season on the road. And for them to do that was unbelievable. So then, and I didn't realize I knew that they were coming. Um, and then, uh, in the suite that night, we had a guest. And the guest was a little girl named Paige and her parents and her sister. Um, one of the things that I brought to Pawtucket was this thing called Home Run for Life. Basically what happens is um, there's a child who has experienced hardships. And this little girl, Paige, has had 29 surgeries and she's seven. Holy. And, yeah, right. So uh, in Pawtucket... Page was our home run for life. What we do is stop the game in the middle of the game, um, you know, between it and we stop it. We play like a 60-second video about the whole journey, about, you know, from when they were born to the 29 surgeries and tell the story, right? During these things, I'm freaking bawling my eyes out. Hmm. Page was there. Uh, so Page did that, and then they run around the bases, and the teams line up on the first and third base foul lines and high five the players as they go around right the place uh you know stand is just in complete standing ovation crying and at the, when they get back to home plate uh all of Paige's doctors her parents her family were all there welcoming her with big hug and uh pay you know seeing Paige there was and seeing her and like her and our um corporate services person her name is Bernadette her and the family have formed like this unbelievable bond. 
And to see her at the game and to see the interaction between Bernadette and this family and the and Paige and everybody, they said play ball before the game and all that. Um, man, it was like, uh, it was, I looked at it uh, and it just was like legitimately, I don't know how to describe it, it was like heartwarming. Like uh, it was, it felt great. It felt like uh, I was, uh, and then that, it felt good throughout the game. And then one of my jobs was to make sure that I talk with the fireworks guys and the fireworks go off without a hitch. Besides opening day, everything's been great. <laughs> um, you, and, and no backpack blower the Friday night to end it, right? No, I, I threw on the backpack blower. Oh, wow. I threw on the backpack Look blower. Look at you. Just, just going nostalgic. Just nostalgic. Just go. Just, I, I, I backpack blow. You worked to the very and, end. I mean, you're, it's just in your till, blood. You were just very, the, the bitter end. Till the bitter end. I was watching fireworks by myself on the ledge of the dug, uh, a ledge of the home uh, bullpen, and I got this feeling that said, "You done good," and it like felt so. Uh, it just felt like that's what it felt like. It just felt I just got this feeling of, "You done good," and then Saturday, uh, we all knew it was the last game. We already canceled the game on Sunday because of Henri. And uh, that day was this year's home run for life. And uh, there was a little boy, he had Down syndrome. When it was born, his stomach wasn't connected to his esophagus and has just gone through hell, in and out of the hospital all the time, right? Yep. And they, uh, so what I did is I'm not sure what time you got to the game. No, I, 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 I saw that whole thing. It was unbelievable. You saw that whole thing. So what I did is I didn't want to be around anybody. And uh, the sales team has four seats literally right behind home plate. You can smell umpire farts from these seats. And <laughs> I've never heard. <laughs> I've never heard that statement in my life. So... <laughs> I've never heard. I've been around baseball my whole entire life. I've <laughs> never heard someone drop. You can smell umpire farts from this look. Okay, <laughs> but you could. There's, that's how close you are to. Um, yeah, got it. So I, I went to those seats, <laughs> and I watched. I I didn't know. I didn't see the video ahead of time, and they did the same thing. We had to do it pregame because of the COVID regulations about. Mm-hmm. Players, players yeah. being there. So we couldn't high-five the players. And the players, they all watched, both teams, but from the dugout. Um, and right in front of the dugout, they all came out. And I'm watching this video. I'm bawling my eyes out. I'm a pretty emotional guy. I cry occasionally. And uh, I, I I watched that video by myself, crying. <laughs> and then him running around. He ran to first. He ran to second. Then, like, cut from second to home plate. He did. And yes, he did. It was... Awesome, right? The place, if you, you were there, so it was like standing ovation. Uh, you know, I saw his people parents, crying. You just, yeah, his parents, his parents were just like, you could tell, like, this is um, unbelievable. The fact that he was even able to do it based on the hardships that he went through and that you guys created it. That's what it's all about. Like, literally what it's all about. Yeah. So I, uh, so that Saturday just felt like, all right. Without, I brought that here. No, unequivocally, right? I brought it to Pawtucket. We brought it to Worcester. I sold it as part of a sponsorship to UMass Memorial. And it was 
and I go, you know, kind of had that you done good feeling. And, uh, you know, it's definitely time to move on and go do something else. But it was like, you know, it just felt right. And, uh, and then my family and my friends, you know, uh, all in the suite, uh, was just a cool way to go about it. And then after that night, after the game, uh, some of my uh, close colleagues and I, we went out to dinner. It was a nice Italian restaurant. Um, we drank way too much, and we went out to a bar after that. I think I got back to the hotel. We got a hotel. I got back to the hotel at like 2.30 in the morning, uh, and, you know, we tied one on pretty good. Woo and, Vegas, uh, baby. Oh, It kind of was. It was uh, – but we uh, – but – it was awesome, and uh, it was a it was a great it was a great great way to go out, um, and uh, you know it was it was fun to do. Larry came by and you know said goodbye and uh, not say, not really goodbye. I mean I'm still uh, you know uh, I'll still be in touch, but like I but he came and said you know to my parents and my family and everything just to in the suite and everything, which was which was nice uh, which was nice for him to, him to do. So. Um, yeah, so uh, Sunday, I just, you know, uh, I nursed uh, a hangover and uh, did that for most part of the day. And then um, today is Monday, and my father-in-law has a boat, and my uh, I took my daughter down to the boat today, and uh, we just kind of, like, hung out on the boat, and uh, it, was, it was great. And I got, you know, two more weeks of this kind of, Playing golf and hanging out. Playing golf tomorrow. Newport Country Club, man. I mean, you have you're you have golf for like the next thirteen days. Book. I think it's seven. I play this week, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and next week is our uh, the is the team's charity golf outing. So I'm going to it. I'm just going to screw around more so than play, and then I play golf Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday of that week too. Yeah, so you I have might it lined up. One in Friday too. You just gotta let the you gotta hope the weather cooperates and you can get these all in but so control i mean control the the feeling that you were able to cultivate at the very end and i think everybody in our industry kind of puts rap tries to wrap their head around this moment right like what was it all for was it all mm-hmm. worth it right like that's a that's a great point yeah like all the hours the moving the battle creeks like what was it all for was it really worth it and just that one family if you can we why we started this podcast if we can help one person it was worth it for someone to drive up in Johnny's condition to go 6 hours to come and say thank you and goodbye that is all worth it right like the hours the blood the sweat the tears the sacrifice the impact that you could have on someone's life to have them feel like I need to be here to say goodbye and thank you to this boss essentially of what you were, but also a colleague, mentor, and friend. And I'm sure, I mean, look, the, the amount of reaction that has been garnered from social media on your announcement is mind blowing of the amount of comments and likes the episode we released last week is already close to the most listened to episode of all time, which is right. crazy to say, yeah, but we, also like we not, pretty good, but no, it's not why though. It's all because of the people wanting to hear from you and like the impact that you've had. Like, I'm sure if we looked at who's listening to it, it's 
scattered around the country because you leaving minor league baseball after 17, 18 years is newsworthy because of who you are and who you met and what you've done. So like, it's a great feeling to know that, that when you do look back and you can sit there and watch fireworks and be like, yeah, it was worth it. I did it and I'm fulfilled. I'm on to the next thing and not have like that ounce of regret, which is amazing yeah. way to close a chapter. Yeah, I haven't had any regret. I definitely question, right? I think questioning is a self-defense mechanism. Um, but I feel great about going on to, to Top Golf. The people. No, I'm even saying phenomenal. like regretting the last 17 years because sometimes. Oh no, I don't. I don't. I don't feel regret in that way at all. You know, we've uh, without those 17 years of minor league baseball, I won't go to Top Golf. Right, like it just doesn't work. That oh way. yeah, no. The world, the way that if you start to piece together every decision you made along the way, we can go down a long rabbit hole here to oh, actually geez, yeah. to get to where like how you have married and where your kids came from and Brian Cashman <laughs> thrown into the story. But in general, like there's plenty of people out there who do something forever and they're like, "Why did I do that?" Or I skipped, or I missed, or I should have done this. Yeah, I'm. I'm just glad I, that you were at that point where it was closure in a sense that it was like. I'm feeling great of what I've accomplished and I'm pumped about where I'm about to go do more. That's what it totally feels like. I, I, I feel like I have, uh, you know, closed the chapter, time to go on and, you know, let's see what happens. So but before I move on, I will say, so I did talk to the folks at Topgolf, I don't know, late last week or so. And uh, I just said, truthfully, I haven't done much about Topgolf. I really wanted to focus on closing out Worcester right right like and the top golf people have been great it's like you know I haven't put a lot of effort in the top golf yet uh, I just have been it's like you know I, I called must have called 50 corporate partners just to tell them right and uh, you know I, I and those type of things they take time and that kind of stuff and I got a couple of calls a couple of emails and it's, you know it's um, so now it's time to go exhale for a couple weeks and uh play some golf have some fun be with the be with the kids and uh, you know and, and do that and then start uh i start top golf september the 7th uh so in a couple weeks so uh we'll see so uh it's been real it's been fun and uh you know i'm thrilled i am uh anxious nervous excited other emotions that i don't know words for uh, to go to Top Golf, and uh, let's freaking go! Like I'm pumped. The biggest thing I'm taking out of this from this weekend, though, as I look at you right now, is you're now been inspired by a five year old on your fashion choices. <laughs> That's right. Zach wore a Superman shirt, and I'm wearing a Superman shirt. Right? I somehow you so need to I send have me to a shirt. Be like Zach. You need to send me a picture of that later so I can show Because I'm, I'm not even kidding. Like, when I showed him the picture of you guys and he was smiling from literally ear to ear, he goes, that's me and Rob. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, buddy, that's you and Rob. You are unequivocally his hero. So congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> he, got, that, he, got star, he got starstruck in meeting you. And they got so nervous that he ate 15 pieces of pizza to compensate. I got, I got <laughs> yeah. nervous meeting him. Ice cream. They had so they had my kids had ice cream, cookies, pizza, um, chicken fingers. What popcorn. else? Popcorn. Popcorn. Emma crushed pop. Emma loves some popcorn. Meat Emma tried balls, to sneak tried to sneak sausages. some alcohol. Tried to sneak some alcohol. Emma, my my booze bag two year old <laughs> daughter who loves alcohol. Uh, 
Um, the kids had a great. You might want to explain that one. Your two-year-old. Uh, she she does. She I'm not even. I'm like I'm not even like. Unfortunately, joking. Like we've given like you know how you give your kid like a taste of wine or something like that. Like she loves wine. Like she'll see us drinking wine. She's like, I want wine. I'm like Emma. No, we're not. We're not doing this. And then <laughs> one day, like I put down my glass of whiskey, and she walked over, and I didn't see it. I was talking to somebody, and she just picked up and like literally chugged. A huge really? gulp of huge gulp, and she goes, mm, "I like whiskey." I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, what is going on? <laughs> I was like, "No, you're too." You first of all, you shouldn't know what whiskey is, and second of all, I am screwed. Like, this you is are. bad. This is not good. So then Zach, I'm like, Zach, do you want to like have a sip of wine? He's like, "No, I'm too young." Like, complete oh, straight Zach, edge. That a baby. Emma sees wine and she's like, "I like wine." I'm like, "Oh no, this is." <laughs> This is Danger Zone. We've created a monster un, 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 unintentionally, but that's funny. So, well, I have, I do. Speaking of whiskey, I do have whiskey. Cheers to you for closing the chapter. Uh, on yes. to the next one. It's it's exciting. I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna have to explain to Zach next time I go to the Woosocks. I can't sit in the suite, so I, that's on you for leaving. Um, yeah, well, we'll figure that out. You could always. Send I'll have to call. I'll have to call. I'll have to call Jack. But oh, make a phone call. They'll they'll, they'll be good. But anyway, um, it was great. We had a, I had a, I had, I had a blast. The, the stadium is awesome. The, you know, what's funny is I'm not gonna get them in trouble because no one will know where I went. I went to go get ice cream for my kids, and I wanted, I wanted to just one ice cream so they could split it. And I asked for two cups, and the guy comes back. And says, oh, oops, I made two. Here you go. I'm like, oh, I don't want two. <laughs> I only wanted one. <laughs> but I had two ice creams. Kids, kids pounded some ice cream, but uh, it was overall, I, I. I thought a great way to say I do. It was a perfect way. I'm thankful to the team for letting me do it, right? I mean, a lot of people quit. They don't get a freaking sweet. I was. I told Rachel that I was, I was I was. a little upset we had our kids because I was like, I would have went to this Russo's and gone out and partied all night. <laughs> oh, man, it was nuts. It was, that was fun. That yeah, was no. fun. The late night. There. Yeah. The, the Late night. Late night. Early yeah. morning, too. <laughs> Yikes. We'll have to do 2.0. Speaking of, I somehow hear my... I hear my wife, um, which I usually don't do on podcasts. Tell Rach. Anyway, uh, on to sports news, sports business hey, they, news. So the sports world went on, even though my minor league baseball career uh, is not. But some crazy stuff with tops. I it's it honestly makes me a little sad. I don't know if it's more crazy with tops or with fanatics. All right, so you want to explain kind of everybody what that is? Yeah, so fanatics is now inked an MLB and an NBA deal to become the official trading card of both leagues, ending, I'm not making this, 100 years? I don't know how long tops. It was was 70. It was 70 70 years? Great. I mean, tops was it. Like that was the card you wanted. There was Don Russ, there was Fleer, there was Score, and the reason I yeah, know that, tops. which we'll go, we'll get into that too. Um, it's just an end of an era. Speaking of end of an era, and it's going to rock the trading card world, which has exploded in recent years lately, of terms of people getting back into it and vintage cars being worth a lot more money, and from the eighties and the and the seventies and the nineties. How, how about fanatics just taking over the world? Yeah, Michael Rubin. Michael Rubin is. He's becoming. They're becoming the. Actually, they're becoming the Amazon. Quite frankly, of sports. Right. So they they basically started like selling you know team merch and stuff. But they basically have own. They're gonna own everything. Yeah, they're gonna get everything. In, they're gonna get. There's no way they're not gonna get. They're into getting tickets. into sports betting. Sports betting with with Jay Z. You said there's no way they're not gonna get into what you said tickets. What? 
Tickets. Tickets, as in like being uh, like, like a Ticketmaster ticket competitor or yep. like yep. a for sure. They're gonna be the one-stop shop for sports, right? You go on, you buy your ticket, you buy your merch, you bet, you place your bet, and then you get your trading cards. Like, why wouldn't they get into tickets? It'd be silly not to get into tickets. If they're not thinking of that, by the way, they should call me because I could give them a really good idea. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you give me like one tenth of one percent of everything. So think about it: you go into Fanatics and you want to go to a baseball game or an NBA game. You click on purchase tickets. You then fill your cart with said merchandise to take go to said baseball game. And then you place your bet as you're walking into the stadium on your Fanatics that your app has with your ticket on it because it's all digital. And then there you go. That's a great that's a that's a great idea. But you're right; they're going to take over the world. Yeah, they're the they're the Amazon of sports right now. And they've hired some crazy people too. Like they just hired like the president of the Dodgers, uh, or the, he was the CRO, one of the two. Um, and it's 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 nuts. And um, I I really think you know if there was something I was high on, it would be fanatics. They are literally going to take over the world. So the, what that hasn't come out yet is the logistics of how they're going to pull us off because they obviously don't own a printing company, right? They're not a printing company from the cards and the and the quality of the cards matters greatly from PSAs and the ratings and the grades of what yeah. the card is said worth. They're gonna have to buy. Gonna they could buy. buy. They're gonna have to buy like a. They could buy tops, I guess. Um, you know, tops. They're like uh, EBITDA each year is like one point five billion. That's crazy. Because I, I heard that they were uh, they were sold for like twelve times earnings, and I think it was somewhere around there. It's like billions of their dollars. EBIT is their EBIT is one point five billion. I think that's what I saw. I think that's what I saw. Let me. I don't want to be. I no, that's that. Uh, that's that. Because they're and the other thing, Fanatics is for sure going to get into. What the trading card world is going to get into is NFTs, right? Which we're gonna we're gonna intersect these oh. two conversations. Um, NFT world. I still don't know what the hell it is. So speaking of trading cards. Uh, Everyone's been talking about like, oh, if you have old cards, you have old cards, you're probably, you're sitting on a fortune, right? So Rachel and I were cleaning out during Hurricane Henri, Tropical Storm, whatever the hell it was, uh, some stuff to get organized. It was a rainy day, get the kids playing, watching, watching movies. There was literally nothing else to do. I started going through my old baseball cards. I was like, I haven't gone through these in legitimately 20 no, 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 plus I'm sorry. years. The, the, uh, the deal values tops at 1.3 billion. And they're so, and that was twelve times earnings, which I still thought was high, as like, which is twelve times EBITDA, which was you know hundred some million dollars. That makes more sense. Yeah, that makes more sense. So I'm, I'm going through my cards. Sorry about that. No, you're fine. I'm, I'm telling probably a boring story anyway. I'm going through all my cards. I have full complete sets from like the mid '80s on. Like I used to collect baseball cards, and also Don Manley was like my, my guy. I loved Donnie baseball. I have Don Manley cards. I was looking up. I have. Duplicates of duplicates of duplicates. I would just collect Don Manley cards. According to like the Google Sphere, they're all worth hundreds of dollars a piece. Sell I have, those mother effers. I got Griffey rookies. I got Randy Johnson rookies. Gary Sheffield rookies. Mark McGuire. Sammy Sosa. Like I got a You're lot. You're sitting of, on a gold mine. Right over here. Right there. They're sitting right there. Like just in a box. They're in a, literally a bin. I have so much of them. I don't know how to go through them all and actually like do what I need to do, or like sell I, them or where I'd sell them. But I need to because. It's just sitting there, and I'm, what else am I going to do with them? It's crazy how that's uh, that's that's going. And if you uh, about, uh, you know what I want to go do now, is I want to go back and listen to our podcast with Jeff Hickman from uh, Tops. From Tops. So Jeff was like the global director. 
what's it? What was his title? Uh, Global Director of E-Commerce and New Product Development uh, with Tops. It's episode sixty-nine. It's called uh, Sports Cards and Sports Nutrition. It has a two-for-one interview. Um, and ready, I ready, did, ready, nutrition, right? Yeah, uh, that guy's name was Pat uh, Pat Cavanaugh, and Pat's great. Uh, Pat was great, and Jeff was great too. So Jeff Heckman, episode sixty-nine, uh, called Sports Cards and Sports Nutrition from May of twenty twenty. So what was his role? What was Jeff's role? Director of Global Director of E-commerce and New Product Development. Hmm. So anyway, episode sixty-nine. Um. Well, the trading card world is flipped upside on uh, its head. I've been talking to some of the younger folks. So what do they have office. to do? Go get an NFL like NFL. The rumor is they're gonna. The rumor. The rumor is they're going to. Is they're gonna have all trading cards. Does Tops have it already? I believe has, so. Yeah. Uh, I think it's Tops. So is there any other card business besides Tops right now? I don't what know. I, I, upper Deck. I don't know. Upper Deck, Don Russ, Score, Fleer. I don't know if they're all around. They might be. I'm. I'm not. Yeah, I'm right. not 100 percent sure. But Tops is the gold standard, no doubt. Yeah. Um, you know, what's funny is I have a Fleer set that has the, you know, the, the famous Billy Ripken card with that it says like F U or something on the bottom F face on the bottom of his back. Yeah. So I was looking at like, I, I have that card over there. I, I haven't found, I haven't found which one I actually have it because there's four versions of it. There's one where they actually like, it actually says it. There's one where like they white it out, which is worth the most. There's one where they put like a black thing over it. And there's like, there's different versions of it. Cause they tried to like cover it up. And there's also like, um, there's a couple cards in that set that had like a Marlboro advertisement in the background. They had to like blur out like because they screwed up and like <laughs> were putting stuff in these pictures that they wouldn't. So like the trading card world is crazy because like you're like why is this thing worth so much money? But Gary it's all about he loves it. Loves it. He's all about it. Which gets is a great transition into the world of NFTs, right? We've kind of touched about talked about this. The trading card world is intersecting. Still don't know how they are. Non fungible tokens, bro. I understand what they what they mean, but I don't really. All right, go. Sorry. No, so like they're they're kind of intersecting now. Like you have this this high demand for and for trading cards that it's a physical object, and then now you have this high demand for NFTs, which is a digital object. DraftKings rolled out last week their their new NFT marketplace in conjunction with Tom Brady and his company Autograph. They released the Tom Brady NFTs, this piece of digital memorabilia that you could own from Tom Brady, sold out like hotcakes, and then were selling on the aftermarket for like triple the price that they went for in the, the DraftKings marketplace. So DraftKings will now be in the NFT business moving forward. Taking from a big picture, we talk about like working in sports, doesn't have to be for a team or a league all the time, right? Like the NFT world is here to stay it seems but i would yeah, right. ca- i would caution similar to what happens with any industry when it explodes of this nature the crypto like we saw you you tweeted out today a, a crypto deal with ftx right like for a cow right their naming rights yeah. the amount of deals being done in the crypto nft space from the sponsorship side are eerily similar to the dot-com bubble where Everyone and their mother has an NFT or a cryptocurrency and everybody's like a thing and it's just going wild and there's just the wild, wild west and they're running quote unquote checks. It's eventually going to consolidate or crater. They don't 
ever stay like this where there's just no regulation and no a meteoric rise and all of a sudden there's 20 companies who have all of this money and they're just throwing it all over the place it's just df actually dfs talk about DraftKings, FanDuel. there used to be like 25 dfs companies there ended up being two right like yeah right there's not enough room for these all You're also just kind of bit making your bet that like you know ftx is one of them and ftx is ftx is a exchange, exchange. So it's a little, it's like, it's like, a, but there's also now a lot of exchanges, right? So like there's, there's only the NASDAQ and the New York stock exchange, right? To, to trade stocks. Like that's pretty much it from America. Like there's not 30 exchanges where you go buy stocks from yeah. the same thing will happen with crypto. I would just caution people to be very careful with thinking like everything's a sure thing. And that if you sign a five or 10 year deal with some company in a sponsorship space, that like, oh yeah, I'm going to get that 10 year deal. Probably not. Just, just <laughs> probably not. If you get a year or two out of it, congratulations. 10 years seems probably, I don't know. Killer. No, I'm just saying like, it's, <laughs> it's let's, let's, let's put like the, take the goggles off and like put the real glasses on and like see the world for what typically happens. And like when it's too good to be true, it Probably. usually is. Um, so just, just tread water with caution. If a company like Fanatics gets involved or a DraftKings gets involved, that's pretty safe, right? Because like they're a well-established organization. They're well-run. They're funded with real U.S. dollars. Here's my take on cryptocurrency. You want my take on cryptocurrency? you actually want to talk about this? I do want to talk about this because I've always been interested and I've always been like, I'm staying away. So... And I, I'd probably at this point say stay away. So, and, and that's because not because I don't believe in cryptocurrency or think it's a real thing. With any time there's this amount of money being tossed around, and we saw this, I lived this through DraftKings. When there's this amount of money being tossed around and blatantly and flashily and doing big deals and your name's everywhere and millions and millions and millions of dollars are exchanging hands and there's no oversight by Uncle Sam, that knocking is going to come. That regulation is going to come. Oh, it's coming. And when that comes, that completely defeats the purpose of what cryptocurrency is, right? So if you're B of A and you're JP Morgan and you're like, and you're Morgan Stanley and you're Chase, and you're sitting here going, I've got all these regulations and I can't do all this bullshit, right? That all these they're doing and all this, like, yeah. no one's tracking shit and no taxes. And I got to do all this stuff. Excuse me. Like, go over there and take care of that. It's game over right? It defeats the purpose of what that is. And the, the big ones will survive and the little ones will be financially inept. So I, that's I my give, take on what's going to happen with cryptocurrency. I give the people credit on like, you know, some of those people bought, you know, I don't know, Bitcoin at a thousand bucks and then had it and sold it at 50, right? 50,000. They made a whole bunch of money quickly. Um, man, but that's, uh, I don't know, that, that makes me nervous. That makes me nervous. And I think you also saw too of like, you're going to see, you know, I, what, the A's started taking crypto for sweets and... Uh, yeah, no, I'm not anti-crypto. I'm not anti-crypto. I am anti-thinking it's just going to continue this meteoric rise with no regulation. Like, it's just, it's so, just, it's inevitable. How's that Cal deal work? Do they pay, like, a flat crypto it, fee? So it depends. Like, so, like, we've had... increase with, like, if it increases, if crypto doubles, right? If whatever that they're paying, if Bitcoin doubles, and it's, you know, is it 40000 or so now? So, so then it's, it's worth more for 80, Cal. If they accept crypto, if they're accepting crypto in payment 
Instead of being an 18 million. And if it craters to 20,000. It's worth uh, less than the 18 million they got. Yes. Got it. So if you, so plenty of crypto companies have approached us and want to work with us. We're very cautious because the other thing too, that you have to be leery of as a company is when you start promoting said cryptocurrency, if that cryptocurrency goes to nothing and you've told your fans, Oh yeah, go get this crypto. That's a dangerous slippery slope, right? Cause they'd be like, wait, you told me to get this and now I got screwed. You can make that argument, I guess, for any kind of sponsorship, but this one seems a little bit more hairy anyway. Yeah, it's we not have, like the pizza place that uh, goes out of business. Right. So we've stayed away from a cryptocurrency partnership at FSG just because we're just not ready to then open ourselves up for those instances that come along with what could possibly happen. But yeah, right. it, it's it's definitely a real thing. And I believe wholeheartedly there's a, there's, it makes a lot of sense for a universal currency to exist. To, to, to get around what people deal with in different countries to try and exchange, whatever. From a sports perspective, it's just, it's tricky, right? Like, especially in baseball, like most baseball fans are old. They have no idea what the hell cryptocurrency is. Like, if you want to try and get younger, it's a cool little thing. But like, if you try to tell some 80-year-old you had to pay in cryptocurrency, we can't even use digital tickets. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> cryptocurrency, right. so like... They, uh, it's, it's just, it's an odd, it's an odd explosion that's not going away, but I'd be just cautious is what I would tell people. Yeah. To me, it seems, I don't know. I, I've definitely been cautious on the crypto, uh, investment. Um, that doesn't, I question though, do I, I question a little bit is, um, I guess, you know, a sports brand is it their responsibility? And I guess this is kind of a philosophical question. If you promote something, is it their responsibility to then, um, you know, uh, I don't know, like uh, they're paying, they're, they're, the sponsor's paying the team to, you know, promote their brand. I guess, why is it the team's responsibility to, they're using you as a vehicle, right? I mean, yeah. like, that's the difference between but you know it's different. FTX buying a billboard or you something know that, like that. Yeah, but see, that's where you know it's different. That's why it's different. That's why what we do is that's different. why it's just different. If, if, so. Because the voice of a microphone of the Boston Red Sox to promote said cryptocurrency is very different yeah, than it's just different. a billboard on him, the mass bike. It just did. I have, I have no real argument against it. I was just trying to be the devil's advocate. So I guess the same question would be like, well, then why can't we put marijuana ads in the ballpark that's gonna go away no i don't think marijuana will i don't think no come on they did the same stuff about uh, but they, you can't promote cigarettes i don't think they're gonna be like oh you can it's just smoking i think they're just be like no you can't you just can't i don't think they'll do it i don't know man the, I, mean, I don't think i don't think we're well, allowed to have casinos right you know, look yeah, what the NFL I did with I don't think betting. you and i will have that ability to sell the can maybe you will top golf maybe top golf will i don't think I don't think the Boston Red Sox in my lifetime will be, in, in terms of at least my lifetime working there, will be allowed to sell to a cannabis company. I don't think so. I don't think so. We were trying to do a deal with a cannabis company in Worcester. I got an email today. Who wants to, to sponsor your the Woo Sox? Well, you can. Uh, so one of the ways that we can do it is going around the games, and you could do like a concert series. One of the. Uh, Are you allowed to? Because I legitimately have a guy who wants to spend money with you. Yeah, call him. Call Jack. 
I was gonna say, oh, yeah, I could connect. I was like, no, I can't. You, well, you're a consultant. I'll give it I to can. You. Con- I, I I can help, but I'm just gonna introduce you to. It's Jimmy Holtzman. Anyway. Jimmy Holtzman, Ace Ticket. Got a get a cannabis company now. Oh, it's, he does. He does, and he's gonna launch a sports betting company too. Jimmy, Jimmy's got his hands in everything. Speaking so of gonna... lunatics and fanatics. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but it, it's um, I don't know. It's uh, that whole thing is just interesting to me. It's interesting. I'm, I am a sideline guy when it comes to that, but I'm also I am also very conservative when it comes to investing. Those types of yeah, I'm speculative, like, speculative. Yeah, it's just not my thing, right? And I think you lose some of the moonshots, right? But you also don't, you know, lose some of the. You're not gonna crater. You're never gonna crater. Yeah, I try not. I, I try not to. It just as like, I don't know. It's that feels more like gambling. The other one sounds like investing. Oh, I totally agree. Yeah, there's. So I think the gambling one is if you're gonna do that, money that you don't care if you lose, you throw it in. If you lose it, you lose it, right? If you're yeah. the one who's like remortgaging their house to go do it, probably step back. Not a back. good idea. Probably yeah, step not back. Not a good idea. Not a, not a, not a good not a good idea. Not a good idea. Um, all right. Um, I could go two ways with this. We can. Uh, I've got a couple of topics that I want to talk about, but I also sure. feel like we are into this for a little bit, or we can, you know, save those topics for. for no, let's weekend. go. Let's let's talk. It's 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 early for us. It's only like nine fifteen right now. Let's let's. It let's, is only. Let's talk. So, one of the things that I guess I wanted to talk about was, we did a podcast a while ago. Is um, you know, the talk with your boss, right? But it was more like how to get a promotion and, and yep. those types of things. I also think what goes unheard, maybe not unheard, unheard is definitely not the word I want to do. Um, One of the things that happens is I don't think enough people know exactly where they stand with their superior and what, how they feel, how they think they stand with their superior is not the way that they stand at all. And that's on two people. It's on both the boss and the person who reports to them. Does that make sense? So you're saying you just have a so, misconception of how your boss might you know, think about you, you. You may have you need to make sure that you understand where you are, what you need to do, and how you're doing from that. And I think that is on the employee to help drive that bus, right? Um, I don't think that it's always on the uh, the boss. Well, the boss never told me how exactly how I feel. Ah, did you ask? And I think that clear communication in um, in that relationship is so key, and I think it gets looked over a lot. So how would you do that? Right question. So from from a boss, well, let's do, let's do it from the employee perspective because most people, I'm assuming, listening are employees. How if you're the employee, how do you broach that subject? I almost think that you've got to hold your boss accountable. Right? Is I think that you've got to have, you know, with your boss employee, you normally have typical, probably daily interactions, right? And those daily interactions can be usually pretty informal, um, where it's just kind of call you up, hey, what do you got going on on this? What do you got going on on that? Blah, 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 blah. But you're really talking about the task at hand rather than, uh, you know, an overarching understanding of kind of where you're at. Yeah. And uh, to me, 
I think that it's good to have one of these kind of like, I don't know, sit downs two or three times a year. Beyond, right? the, beyond, get, the rev- beyond the review period? I've never had a official review. Maybe that's maybe I'm jaded on that uh, so, in my life. Yeah, there. I'm gonna go to like a real company, and all this stuff is gonna be like simple, and be like, "What do you mean you never had a review? I never, <laughs> I never, 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 never had a review." That, that's a minor league thing. They just we we didn't do reviews either. I, I think it was more so they didn't want to give you a raise, so they don't have to give you a review. Oh, <laughs> <Like, laughs> well, you no idea where you stand, so you didn't. I can tell you did a good job or a bad job. So keep I don't know. Going. So maybe I'm jaded by this, and this isn't a subject at all, except in uh, you know. No, no, it, it no, it it, it honestly truly is because I was just gonna say I was like. The review seems forced and also right. generic. I have no idea what you're talking about when it comes to review. And so, generic. educate the uneducated, damn it. So it, it's it's very formulaic, if that makes sense. Where it's made to that everyone's kind of writing the same thing. A lot of copying, pasting from year to year is going on, and oh, right. not much comes out of it. In that specific review, unless I think reviews traditionally, in my opinion on them, is for when you're trying to fire someone that you're documenting there's a problem versus actually yeah. promoting them. I guess the way I would go about that makes it sense? is a little – Yeah, it does. It, my, my, I guess I would um, – in Scranton, one of the things that we did is we met three times a year. Like before the season, this is kind of what you to achieve during the season. In the middle of the season – how you feeling about what you're doing and let's make some changes going forward. Cause you always change everything. Right. And then postseason kind of here's where you're, where did we kind of end up And postseason? Maybe November, December is kind of end of the year. Maybe that was a quote unquote review. Um, but it wasn't what formal. I think, it was formal in the way that we, but did you guys like haven't filled out doc, but there was no documents and filled out documents, right? That's a formal review. No, I'm not a big, uh, no, we did not. Probably why we probably should have. But, um, <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe that's what I was thinking is more like, but those three times you kind of had an, it was more of a 30,000 foot view of where you stood as an employee. It's also on the boss to be honest in those, right? Like it's hard to be, you know, because in those day-to-day interactions, you get to like, like the person, right? Like you yeah. get the, I, you know, good, you know, good guy, good gal, you know, I like them. Right. But then if they're not performing to expectation, that could be a difficult task. I don't give a hell, like how old you are, how many years of experience you have. That's going to be a hard call. And I think, um, and I think, um, those types of discussions get kind of like shoved to the side. Because you don't want to like hurt someone's feelings per se, but I think you got to have those like, all right, I definitely know where I stand because we had seven conversations about it, or not seven, but we had these legit conversations about it, and I understand where we're at, and I think it's on it, both parties. It's to a, make sure it's totally a two, on. it's totally a two way street, and it's it's if you if you're sitting around having ambiguity in your own mind, you need to approach that with, with your boss to ask that question and like. Look, the quickest way to an answer, whether you're selling or you're having a, direct, a conversation, is be direct and be transparent. Let the cards on the table. This isn't daycare. Don't beat around the bush. Get to the point, right? Like, just right. flat out ask exactly what you have on your mind. 
And then the boss on the reciprocal end of it needs to be very transparent and put all the cards on the table as well. It's a two-way street. Dialogue doesn't happen without two people participating. And I, I think you need to hold your boss accountable and you need to hold yourself accountable to get to that question because I think everybody wants to know where they quote-unquote stand in people's purview and growth, etc. And you need to be open to criticism because you're not going to always like what you hear. I think that's also too is like it's hard because I've had it happen to me. Not to be defensive. I yeah, know, it's like you, it's your you first fight or flight. It's fight or flight. Fight or flight, and I've definitely most of those times I fight. Um, so I think it's also understanding how to accepting the critic accepting it. You may have some discussion points, which is fine. But I think that you then got to go and do the what we talked about last time was the self-brand thing. All right, what did they say? Is that true? And if you can honestly sit back and answer that question, is it true? Um, you know, if the you know if the issue is, uh, you know, I always feel like one of the major issues between anything is communication. You hear that a lot? All the time. Oh, communication like is it's free. The, it's the easiest. Um, it's the hardest thing to do is to communicate well, which seems like the easiest thing to do. And it's always one of the things, I don't think we're communicating well enough. And if you hear that, the communication thing, if you hear that or you're feeling it, I hate when people talk about it in broad, I don't think we're communicating well. Give me an example. I don't have one. I think, okay, come in with, here's an example and here's two examples. Here's three examples of wh- why you think that. Okay, in those things, hit these bigger points. How are we going to change them? Right? That's communicating. Right? Totally. And being indifferent is not the end of the world. Right? Like, you don't have to agree all the freaking time. No, no. That's a that, that that goes back to culture. If everyone thinks the exact same way and everyone's like, yep, 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 then nothing's ever going to get better or change. So, yeah, open open to criticism and feedback to grow, to get better, because if you're going to ask the question, be prepared for the answer. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, ask the question, but you should ask the question. You should ask the question. You should hold your boss accountable. You should hold yourself accountable to know where you stand because it also can help shape whether or not you should stay or whether you should leave when that decision also t- comes. Also, too, like, talk to your bosses, especially when you get there. Like, I think I'm going to talk to the f- people at, you know, at, uh, at Topgolf when I get there. Be like, all right, how do we want to do this? Right? Because the way that I want to do it might be different than the way they're receptive to. Right? I'm telling you, I learned that late in talks in the Lucino. Larry Lucchino likes to be spoken to in a specific way. And if you can talk to Larry in the way that he likes to be spoken to or communicated with, you can have a great relationship. In. But if you fight against that, like it's just, you're just going to like be pounding yourself against a brick wall and it's going to suck. And Larry's no different than any other boss in the world. And if you can understand how that works, just go and like do that, right? You got to be a little chameleon here. Yeah, what makes your boss tick? Right. What makes your boss tick? And then uh, fire on those things. Okay, I can get his attention this. I can get his attention on that. So, yeah. that's, I don't know. It always was, uh, it's always been a thing, uh, a thing for me. You know what else has been a thing? Can I totally change subjects? 
It's, yeah, your have podcast. You, Go ahead. Have you gotten the question since I'm leaving the uh, uh, since not I'm leaving? I left the Worcester Red Sox. Have you got the question? Are you guys gonna still do the podcast? Yes, many times. I think this is the best thing that ever happened. The front office features, <laughs> right? Well, clearly, I always, clearly last week because that download number was through the roof. I always complained, not complained, but we haven't had an interview in like forever. Why is that? Because we're in, I we opened the ballpark in Worcester. It's baseball season, and like you know, from I don't know January or February, I couldn't have time to breathe. I always complained to you about like. Look at this calendar. Meeting, 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 meeting. This is going to be the best damn thing to ever happen to it. So far, I've already got two or three people lined up to do, uh, or soon to be lined up to do interviews. I think the content that we're going to be able to produce socially, digitally, on Well, it's your, this, it's your new journey, too. It's a whole new journey. Right. So, like, if people are questioning, are we still going to do front office features? I feel more fired up about front office features than I ever have because it feels like uh, I have a, you know, this, like, the side hustle, the side, the passion is back, baby, because it's like feels new again. It feels, I'm energized about it. I am uh, excited to like, not only we're going to, I'm going to uh, obviously, you know, all my whole focus on focus on top golf. Um, but like, <laughs> just in case your boss is listening, <laughs> right? But I also think, like, man, this is going to be a lot of fun for this. This is going to create storytelling, Rob One Hundred and One, right? Like, an, it's going to be a whole new journey that we're going to take people on and start a new job, meeting new people, doing new exciting things. Like, yeah. What do no, you think? I, I think for sure it's also going to give you more like look you felt like you were overwhelmed that was clear with the amount of time you were spending working then if you did have a free night to come down in your basement i'm sure it was like daunting and when you're trying to like hang out with your wife or your your family you'll have so much more free time you won't know what to do with it and with that you'll be like i'll be begging for monday nights to go down and do front office features oh yeah and that but like i'm kind of pumped for that no, this, the people ask me all the like I I received that question. I received that question from your family actually in the suite. So you guys going to keep doing the podcast? And I was I like, talk to my parents more often. I was like, I I, I think so. Did Rob tell you something? Are you, is he breaking up? Is he breaking? Is he going to break up with me this week? Um, <laughs> no, I, I want to go. I want to go more. Like I I, I think that uh, I don't know, man. I'm I I guess I I talked to the guys at Top Golf last week, and then I talked. Uh, you know, talking about this podcast stuff is like, I feel this total re, re I'm like energized. Like I've never been energized before. And um, man, I'm like, I'm, I'm like really pumped both professionally, um, both personal, you know, personally. And then, you know, with a podcast, whatever that is, it's kind of a combo of everything. And I'm like ready to let's let's go. You know what else I got asked? Do we have to change the name? Why? Because you're not in a front office, quote unquote. You, you know, are. Like, no, but I was like, no, we're not changing it. I was like, re- 
pump the brakes. That is a... I don't know who asked you that question. I said, by the way, someone tried to get us to change the name, and I threatened to burn their place down. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> so we'll just leave it at, we'll leave it at that. Um, not changing we, the name. We were requested to change the, the name, and I was we're like, I will... We're not changing the name. We're not changing the logo. I'm I not went. doing anything. That was... Uh, except talk more and get more interviews. I don't get fired up going back to that last point. Like, I was ready. I was guns blazing and they backed down real fast when i was like who the hell do you think you are yeah, relax and everyone can probably figure out who the hell it was and then they're a little bit bigger than us but you know what they're a lot bigger than us but who cares they're doing great they bowed they you bent the so knee. They, they bent the knee they bent the knee it's fine no big so deal. all right i think let's wrap this bad boy up what do you think um sure why not you're you're in charge you're the boss let's let's uh Let's wrap it. Let's uh, let's roll. We got more content to talk about next week. It's prior to us golfing. Prior to yeah. We golf so what we'll next? Golf, we golf like Wednesday or Thursday. Day after day after my first. day after my anniversary. My my anniversary is the thirty first. Ah, happy anniversary! And it's the first time I ever met Rachel in person. No, you met Rachel. Our first episode. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. I met Rachel at the first episode. You never met Zach because uh, that I never was met Zach. Emma was. Was Emma born? That's right. I remember, yeah, the first episode, of course, because I went to your house. Yeah, was Emma? But that was like you well, saw. But her that, for was, that was that was like uh, that yeah. was lifetimes ago. And also, um, what was Emma born? When did we start? What it was? We started. This thing started in September of nineteen, because September of twenty-one will be two years. Oh yeah, so she was born. She was born. Um, September of nineteen. Really, we're going on two years this September. Two huh? years will be yeah, hundred and forty. So ne- so in like a week, we're in two years. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like knowing how many podcasts fizzle out, it's kind of crazy. 150. It's kind of. Cr- is this 150? What number is this? Well, one. We're in the mid one high 140s. We got probably 150 in the next. We'll hit it in September, I think. We'll look tonight when we go to post this thing and figure out where yeah. we're at. All right, buddy. Well. All right. Congrats that again. Fun. That was great. And uh, enjoy your time off, jackass. <laughs> I'll see you later. 